It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Tuesday. Great to be with you on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. It's uh, great to be with you. We're going to get a lot uh, done today. A lot of discussion, including have the Bengals changed? I have a question about that, and I'll explain why I think they have, plus your voicemails. Thanks to everyone who called in and left a voicemail. I think this is going to take off. I think this is going to be good. Have you called in yet? Have you checked out the voicemail line? To me, this is something that uh, is going to take off just because we've gotten 10-plus voicemails, and it's been just a couple days. I want your reaction on a Sunday right after the game in the regular season. You're pissed off. You want to vent. You call Locked on Bengals. On a Tuesday after you see a report that someone's released and you want the Bengals to go after them, you call Locked on Bengals. And you get a chance to be on the podcast. The call-in number is 513-666-0328. You'll hear my voice. And it'll be, I think it's like a three-minute limit. I'm going to play three voicemails on today's podcast. So that's new. It's something we're trying out. It's something I really like. Joe Goodberry on the show tomorrow, unable to connect with Joe today. So we'll get to your voicemails coming up in a bit. But I want to start today with something very, very simple. Back on January 3rd, 2018, when the Bengals had announced, it was a day after the Bengals had announced that Marvin had signed a two-year deal. Marvin Lewis took the... uh, center stage at Paul Brown Stadium, and myself, along with the most reporters I've seen in there, sat down and asked Marvin Lewis questions. And they asked Marvin Lewis questions from what was going to be different to personnel moves to why he was still here, all of these different things, because I think most of us were shocked at what had happened. And the question I asked, because he kept talking about change, 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 and he had to make changes to get it done. I asked a very simple question and then a follow-up. And I want to lead with that and then discuss how Marvin has delivered or hasn't delivered. Here is myself and Marvin Lewis at at Marvin Lewis's reintroduction back in January when it was announced that he had signed a two-year deal. Here's Marvin, and uh, it starts with me asking Marvin a very simple question. So what are you going to change to get that job done? I can't tell you. Yeah, we have to change. Uh, I've, I've gone through it. We need to be better at what we do. And, uh, you know, we're going to have changes on our staff. Uh, we're going to have to gain some better players. We're going to have to look to augment what we do uh, with what we have right now on the football team. And, and maybe we're going we're to have to do a little better and do a better job of maybe adding some guys from other clubs. And, uh so because we have to and then we have to look at that as we go into the draft and, and make sure, you know, if this the draft isn't strong in this area, then make sure we take care of it prior to the draft. 
and I think that's important as well. So, um, you know, I think those are the things. And I, and I again, at the end of the day, it comes down to us coaching better and our players going out and playing better. When they run onto that field and they leave that boundary of what they get done out on the field and understanding the competitiveness of it. So being more active in free agency is something that, that you just got? Well, I don't know that it means being more active. I don't know how many we added last year, but make sure if we can't add someone that helps, we add them. So you just listened to that. I've listened to it multiple times. I think Marvin's changed. Now, I'm not saying that he's changed and all of a sudden he's going to be Belichick or he's changed and he's going to win a playoff game or he's changed and he's going to get this team back to the playoffs. I I have no idea. But there are changes that have been made. There are changes that the Bengals have made that are very clear, obvious, and front and center to me. And the hard part about changing is following through. It's easy to sit up there in January and say how you're going to change. It's easy to be reinvigorated and motivated to do things a different way in February after you just got a two-year deal. It's another thing to be doing those changes and working through those changes and doing the things that you hadn't done in the past when it matters. And when it matters is in August right now. When it matters is in July. When it matters is in right before free agency. The Bengals have moved on from Adam Jones, the guy who's here since 2010, They've moved on from George Iloka, a guy that they built up, that they crafted, that they helped rejuvenate, that they helped make who he is in the game today. They helped make him a a $30 million player. He was a fifth-round pick. They helped build him into a, a commodity in free agency back in 2015 after the 2015 season. And then they retained him. And they kept him here. And he was one of their own. And in the past, George Iloka would have served out that entire contract. There wouldn't have been any movement, regardless of Jesse Bates be damned. George Iloka would have been here for the next three years. They moved on from Brandon LaFell, who A.J. Green loved having in the locker room. He absolutely loved him. But the Bengals viewed it and said, ah, we can do better. In the past, Brandon LaFell would have been here this season. Hell, he might have got a contract extension beyond this season. That's the way the Bengals had operated. In the past, they never would have traded for Cordy Glenn. In the past, they would have drafted a lineman at 12 and it would have been done with it. Instead, they traded back. They were active in free agency. They got a guy like Preston Brown. They've made moves. Now, is it good enough? I don't know. Am I fully bought into Marvin Lewis being the coach of this team? Hell no. Am I buying into Andy Dalton being able to lead this team very far? I, I, hell no, I'm not. But am I buying into the fact that the Bengals are less loyal now than they've ever been? Yes. Am I buying into the fact that the Bengals are going to make other moves that maybe surprise us? Non-typical Bengals moves, sure, because they've done it all offseason. The typical Bengals way of doing things would have been keeping Adam Jones around. It would have been drafting a safety to develop behind George Iloka. It would have been keeping Brandon LaFell around. Think about it. Jeremy Hill was here last year. Jeremy Hill started. He started for this team. What? That's the reality. This team, I don't know if they're done making cuts. And so... I'm buying into Marvin Lewis changing. 
That might not mean that it's going to result in wins. It might not mean that they're going to the playoffs and going to win a bunch of games. I'm not saying the results will be there. But Marvin's clearly changed, at least somewhat. The Bengals have certainly changed, at least somewhat. Are you buying that, that they've changed? I am. They've done it all offseason. And the hard part is saying bye to guys that are under contract. Think about that. They let Leon Hall, they paid Leon Hall $9 million his last year here. Robert Gethers was here longer than Marvin, it felt like. Loyalty be damned. The Bengals, they're starting to act like a franchise that is going after it a bit. Like other NFL franchises. Remember, oh, hey, we give you a contract, we're going to serve out the entire thing. That doesn't land free agents. Guaranteed money does. And hopefully they free up enough money to get Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins done. Extensions for both. But do you buy into change? Do you buy into what I just said? I do. I think they've changed. Now, I don't know if it's going to work, but damn, I'm glad to see that they've done something. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. As always, you can chime in on the voicemail at 513-666-0328. Up next, speaking of voicemails, we will get to your voicemails. But first, a word from The Athletic. If you're looking to subscribe to The Athletic, who just hired Jay Morrison, who was a longtime Bengals beat writer for the Dayton Daily News, now covers the Bengals for The Athletic. Obviously, our guy Joe Goodberry there. My guy Mo Eggers there. And then if you're talking about national analysts, they just signed Jay Glazer. They just signed Dane Brugler, someone you've heard on this podcast. The Athletic is growing. It's expanding. And I got you a discount, a big discount. How about 40% off? How's that sound? All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash locked on Bengals. It's simple. Theathletic.com slash locked on Bengals, and you're going to get 40% off the athletic subscription. It's great. It's it's great, unique, different, in-depth pieces, articles, information that uh, you're not getting anywhere else. But you're not getting 40% off anywhere else either. Again, theathletic.com slash locked on Bengals. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's get to your voicemails. I'm James Erpine. Again, the uh, Locked On Bengals voicemail line is 513-666-0328. You can also email me, James Erpine at ESPN1530.com, and I'm on Twitter, at James Erpine at Locked on Bengals. Let's start with the guy who's contributed to LockedOnBengals.com a little bit. He's a really big Bengals fan. He lives in Washington, D.C., and it's going to tie into the George Iloka conversation, and it's going to tie into a few of your other voicemails. Here is Zim Hude on George Iloka's release, his thoughts. This is a longer voicemail. And uh, I will respond to it on the other side. Here's Zim Hude's voicemail. James, 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 my boy. This is me, Zim. Zim Hude. It's a shame I couldn't be on the show to say exactly what I wanted to, and I could destroy you in front of all of your fans. But I'll leave this voicemail for you. 
we all know that they were trying to move past George Aloka, or we, or at least we know in hindsight, I guess, that they were trying to move past George Aloka. We knew that they were addressing the safety position. What we didn't know is how bad they wanted to move George Aloka, I guess, in this time period. But given what I know now, wouldn't you say they would have been a lot smarter if they would have just let him go before the draft? Maybe get a six-rounder, even a seventh, just something, right? Why just let him go now? So then you will come back and say, okay, well, they wanted to have the insurance just in case Jesse Bates didn't turn out great. Okay, that's good. But based on his uh, his play so far, I don't even think that you could just say off of two preseason games, okay, now we're good. Now, George, you can go. I think they've been trying to move them all along. They just couldn't figure out a way to do it. And if that's the case, then you just lost out and just gave away another player, you know, just for nothing. And a bunch of teams are ready to scoop them up. I think behind the scenes there had to be something with George's political views. If you don't think that that has a part in this, you're sadly mistaken. Because Eric Reed, and in the and in the last uh, interview that we had with Mike Brown, he said that he didn't want to touch that subject because he knows what, you know, we all know is that he's on the side of Trump, and and those are, that that is his belief. So when Eifer comes out and says that he loves the troops and he would never do anything to go against the troops, he will stand for the flag and everything like that. Bengals retweet that. Bengals let you know that he said that. Right? That's a story. You know what I mean? When George Iloka has daily conversations with with uh, fans and stuff, do you think that the Bengals like that? No. Now, would that be enough to cut him? No, unless he spoke out, like, very, very adamantly about he wanted to kneel. But George was smarter than that, or though he thought. But they pay attention to all of that stuff. That is a factor. If you say his play, okay, I can go with his play, but he's borderline almost all pro. He just had his best PFF season this past season in 2017. You would then say, well, since Terrell Austin came in, it's a new system. I get it. Cool. All right, so in your new system, you got William Jackson on one side of the field. You want a rangy person on the other side of the field. George Aloka does not fit that mode. Jesse Bates would fit that mode, correct? All right, good. But Sean Williams is always hurt. So then most people would say George Aloka's natural position is strong safety. You would say then – okay, I don't want to pay a strong safety or third safety on my line of five-point whatever. But that's what the three safety looks was all about. Zim got cut off at the end, and that was long, and I gave him three minutes there, and most voicemails aren't going to be three minutes. But he had a lot to say, and he got cut off there. I mean, the the Google Voice voicemail I set up, I think it's three minutes. I think that's the max. Um, But to to Zim's point, there was a lot there. To to him, it it was an off-the-field thing. It was a, a Twitter thing. I think if that was the case, I would have heard something. I really do. I, I think if something bothered the Bengals like that, I would have heard something from someone at some point this offseason. The, the reality is, is the moment they hired Terrell Austin, it was, oh, we're not satisfied with George Iloka. That, I mean, that was the moment. It wasn't in December. It wasn't early January. It was Terrell Austin coming here, and that's part of the change I was talking about at the top of the, the podcast. So to me, that's it. Now, if you want to bring up that he tweets about politics or social injustice, fine. But I said this yesterday. I don't think his 37 Twitter, 37,000 Twitter followers are making the Bengals drop him or are tipping the scales. You know what tipped the scales? One interception last year. You know what tipped the scales? Uh, an interception that could have easily been made against Pittsburgh. 
that's what tipped the scales. And you know what else did? Jesse Bates showing the ability time and time again in practice and in the preseason now that he would be able to tackle. You heard Terrell Austin yesterday on the podcast. That was what they were concerned about. Jesse Bates last year was a player in, in, in as far as ball hawking goes. Ten passes defensed, or defensed. I, I should say that with the right inflection. Uh, ten, ten passes defensed at Wake Forest. Six interceptions. That's what he does. They were worried about his tackling skills. And, and so, Zim, I get it. I get why you say, why now? Well, because they want him to stick elsewhere. This was no different than Brandon LaFell. The writing was on the wall. They wanted to unleash John Ross and Tyler Boyd and Josh Malone. They want to unleash these young guys. They also wanted to get a look at him. The Bengals wanted to unleash Jesse Bates. They wanted to make sure that he could be the guy that they wanted him to be. Also, on the Eric Reed thing, Eric Reed cost himself a job here when he leaked it to the media. Reed le- Reed's people leaked that to Pro Football Talk. That Mike, what, what Mike Brown asked him. That's what cost him the gig. Mike Brown asked, and it was a, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can commit to that. Sure. W- would Mike not want to hire someone who's going to cause headlines like that? Absolutely. I get it. That's the reality is the, is the headline. But George Iloka was nowhere near any of that stuff. He never knelt for the anthem. None of that. So I don't think, I think it's two completely different conversations. Expect George Iloka to get a job before Eric Reed. I expect him to still be himself on Twitter, and, and I expect, honestly, put it like this. If the Bengals needed a safety, then I think they would be open to the idea of George returning. Now, his services are going to be picked up well before that. But this idea that it, it was George's Twitter that got him or, or put him in this position, I don't even think that was discussed in the Bengals' front office. I really don't. I think this was a very simple coaching philosophy that had been in place now for months and months and months. It was a matter of when, not if, George Iloka was on another team or looking for another team. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. One part of that is Trayvon Henderson. I got a voicemail about Trayvon Henderson wondering if he could make the final roster. Yo, Blanca from Kauai, Hawaii calling. Uh, 58170 kind of shredded. Um, so, uh, so here in Hawaii, Aloha means thank you, goodbye, and hello. And, uh, with that said, aloha to, uh, aloha to George Iloka, best of luck. Um, free up cap space, I get it. Uh, but on the B side, does this mean, um, aloha to Hawaii Warriors product Trayvon Henderson to the 53 man roster? Maybe? Uh, what's his chances? I'll hang up and listen. First off, I appreciate the voicemail, and uh, thanks for calling in from Hawaii. Two, yes, I think he's got a shot. Part of the reason why the Bengals made this move is because they're comfortable with Clayton Fedulum. They're comfortable with Brandon Wilson. They like Trayvon Henderson and what he's brought on special teams. Honestly, I mean, and that's uh, – seriously, he was at the Senior Bowl. He's undrafted. Um, it's just, it screams Bengals. It screams a a Bengals move where they find this undrafted guy and get something out of him, whether it's on special teams or whether it's, uh, at safety. So I think they felt comfortable with him as well. And I think he has a real shot to make the final 53 man roster. So I appreciate the voicemail there. Let's get one more this time, not George Iloka this time on Saturday night in the, the disappointment that came with Saturday night's preseason game against Dallas. 
Hey, James, this is Tate um, from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I just wanted to recap from the game last night, my quick opinion. I honestly, even though it was a win, it was completely disappointing in my opinion. It was really hard for me to watch the first two quarters. Um, I really feel that Joe Mixon is getting off to a very slow start, and I think everyone sees it. I know, obviously, he's a stud, and he will have a breakout year this year. But just watching him, it's very frustrating to see how this O-line has little improved in the preseason games. I will say that the defensive line at the start was very rough and shaky, and I will say that Iloka and Kirkpatrick had their moments. Um, poorly for Iloka, Kirkpatrick could have come away with that pick six. But overall, I feel the defense was the high, highlight of the team. Um, I do feel bad that they were on the field too long. I do think that the trio of three and outs for the Bengals to start uh, really set the tempo for um, poor defensive play for the starters. Um, throughout the game, obviously, I know it was our backups for their backups, and I do think that um, Brian Hill, Trey Carson, the running back duo, was really good near the end of the game. But overall, I know all we care about is really the starters, and I will say that the starters concerned me that game. We were going against someone, Rod Taylor, an undrafted or out of Ohio State, and um, when we can't even stop that run, it's it's scary. So. Uh, I really look forward to the next game, and uh, hopefully this offense can step up more. Yeah, Tate, I, I appreciate the call, and I get you. I think a lot of Bengals fans feel the way you do. They saw Saturday night, and they panicked, especially offensively. I, I think ultimately this defense is going to be solid. Will they be great? Whether or not they stop the run is going to go a, a long way into whether or not they're going to be great. But as far as this offense and watching the first team, didn't it look a lot like last year? And that's what's scary. That's what's worrisome. But the reality is, is when you have the 32nd offense and you have a lot of these new pieces, and I consider John Ross new, I kind of consider Joe Mixon new because the way they're using him is going to be different. Uh, Tyler Boyd, certainly a bigger part of this offense now. It's going to take time. There's going to be times where they're going to have to work out the kinks. And I'd rather see that in the preseason than the regular season. Um, the offensive line is certainly my biggest concern. The running game is certainly my biggest concern so far with the offense because I trust, worst case on offense, uh, in the passing game, you have A.J. Green, right? So, you know, we, that's proven to a certain degree. Um, everything behind him isn't. But, but to me, they need to get the running game going. That's what I'm looking forward to this week against Buffalo. Can they get Mixon on the ground, churning, and going between the tackles? Because so far he hasn't been able to do it. And can they get Geo involved? Can they get those two guys involved? And if so, then it'll kind of rest our, our concerns a little bit, put, put our concerns at ease. Um, as far as the, the first-team offense, I will say this, and this is a throw Andy has to hit. But the reality is, is there's a, a great play design that Bill Lazor had where A.J. Green was did a – it was kind of like a wheel route. He broke to his left. He was in the slot, and he broke to his left, and Tyler Boyd kind of picked the guy that was guarding Green. And Green dashes up the sideline and is wide open, and Andy missed the throw. It was a clean pocket. And it was third and five. I remember. It was third and five. If he hits that, I think the offense gets rolling. So I guess the optimism, optimistic side of this is at least the playbook appears to be right. That play isn't something I saw last year. Now Andy needs to make the throw. I think that's a throw Andy can make. It was about 20 yards down the field, and then you got A.J. Green one-on-one with a safety to beat. I love those odds.
Worst case, first down. Best case, you're talking potentially a touchdown. So I, I want to see more of this offense, but I am concerned a little bit about the running game and the offensive line. I hope that – not that you had a question, but I hope that puts uh, – it gives you an idea of how I feel. We'll have more on what preseason game number three could mean for the Bengals later this week on the podcast. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic expected to join me tomorrow again. If you're getting an, a subscription to The Athletic, I'm going to tweet it out too. I'll probably tweet it out tomorrow, a link. But all you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash Bengals. That is the place. 40% off. So if you want to read Joe's work, go for it. All you got to do is uh, use theathletic.com slash Bengals and subscribe that way. Be a good way to do it. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Thanks for listening today. I think Mo Egger, by the way, of The Athletic, going to join me on Friday. So that'll be a lot of fun. Kind of preview what's coming up this week uh, for uh, Bengals Bills. By the way, the Bills, A.J. McCarron went down with a uh, uh, broken collarbone. Apparently it's not broken. So I hope he he gets a chance. Hopefully the Bengals can get after Josh Allen, who's starting this week against the Bengals, and uh, A.J. McCarron can get his name in, in, in back in the race there. I want to see him start. I want to see him start or come back here and be the backup. One of the two. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. I wrote about the Bengals offense at LockedOnBengals.com. Every podcast posted there as well. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Have a great day. Should I leave it? Should I end the podcast every day with a hoot day? I don't know. Oh, by the way, if you want to chime in on the voicemail, I got to remember that. The number is 513-666-0328. You can do it anytime. 4 a.m. passed out drunk. And you wake up slurring. You can call it then. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Until tomorrow, I'm James Rapine, and this has been the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.